0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today in the scripture reading, the Lord Jesus Christ speaking about all of the, the mysteries, the secrets, the prophecies, the understanding of salvation, everything that God has been doing for our salvation throughout history. And he says, you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. And maybe the idea behind what he was saying was that those people who consider themselves to be the most knowledgeable, knowledgeable the most sophisticated, the most advanced, um, the, the most experts, are the ones who have missed the message, the ones who don't necessarily see as they should be seeing. In uh, the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, Christ said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Who are the ones who are going to understand the Scripture? Who are the ones who are going to have the mind of christ who are the ones who are going to understand the prophecies the things that the lord jesus christ preached about who are the ones who understand what it what it means to be in heaven with the lord jesus christ to understand eternity according to the lord it is those who are pure in heart just as the young children who are innocent and pure and faithful and what it is that they do so we can ask this question is how is it that we see god what does it mean to see god in, in Luke sixteen thirty one, he says, but he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Some people claim that the way that we see God is through evidence. Show me the evidence. What is the proof that God exists? And if you give me sufficient proof, sufficient evidence, then I will believe in God. But the Lord's point in saying this, in, in, in this story of Lazarus and the rich man, is that There is no amount of evidence that we can show that would make someone to believe in God when their heart is not prepared and they are not ready to accept, to to give up their will for the sake of another, to submit the will of God. Because someone who does not want to submit to the will of God, someone who is filled with pride, someone who only wants to live for themselves, they are unable to accept any kind of evidence you provide for the existence of God because quite simply they do not want God to exist. They they see God as someone who is simply a ruler and a master and a controller, someone who wants to control their life, tell them what it is that they should be doing. They don't see him as a savior. They don't see him as a father. They don't see him as kind and compassionate. And loving and good, they see only the rules that he wants me to follow, the life he wants me to live, maybe a life that I reject, and I do not want this kind of life. So the Lord here, he's saying in this parable of Lazarus and the rich man, he's saying, If if they don't hear the word of God, if they are not willing to accept the word of God, then even if there is such a miracle as someone rises from the dead, this in itself will not even be enough evidence. We look around us in our world and there's certainly plenty of things that we as believers accept as being miracles, as being things done by God, and that are known by other people in the world. You know, one of the most famous examples is the appearing of Saint Mary um, at the top of the church in Zaytun in Egypt. She appeared on top of the church for years. This wasn't just a one-time apparition, and it wasn't just the Coptic Christians that saw her, but people came and they saw her from all over the world, and they actually came and traveled there to see her. And, and people could not explain what it is that was happening. How is it that this was happening? Even those people who were not Christians, how could they explain? And yet, even though everyone saw this miracle, did that mean that their lives were changed? Did that mean that now they left that place with a, with a newfound faith, even though they saw this kind of evidence? No, for so many people, it just was a novelty. It was something interesting that happened. Yes, they couldn't explain it, but then they went back to their life exactly as it was. So in order for us to be able to see God and to become like children, to inherit the kingdom of heaven, there are certain things that we must do. The first thing that we must do is we protect our senses. In Psalm 119.37, it says, Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. These worthless things, the things that we allow to enter into us, allow to enter into our mind, they darken our soul. They make us unable to see light unable to experience the joy of our salvation, unable to experience God and to see him because our focus and our mind is focusing on these things which are darkened, these things which are against him, these things which are like garbage that we are allowing into our mind that makes a stench. And from that stench, when we're unable to smell the sweetness of his presence. Imagine that you are in this beautiful garden and all of these flowers and you smell the sweet smell of all of the flowers. And then this garbage truck comes and begins to dump garbage in this garden more and more and more garbage after a while you will not be able to smell the flowers all you will smell is the stench of the garbage and this is what happens to us when we do not protect our senses we are filling our minds with this garbage and so when we hear the Word of God we are unmoved It is not anything that that pertains to me. It's not anything that interests me. It's not something that captures my attention. And it's certainly not something that I understand because my mind is so focused on the, 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 the worthless things here, as King Solomon said. Also in the prophecy of Daniel, he says what? And the forces shall be mustered by him, and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress. Then they shall take away the daily sacrifices and place there the abomination of desolation. This is a prophecy of the end times as well as um, several other historical events that happened through history. But when we apply it to us spiritually, this abomination of desolation is what is placed in us as the temple of the Holy Spirit that defiles the temple of God. We are the temple of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if God dwells in us, then we will have peace and we will have understanding. We will have wisdom. We will be able to hear the word of God and feel confirmed that this is truly the truth. This is the answer to all of the problems in the world. This is the answer to our own salvation. And we are attracted to the things that God tells us. But again, if we have been defiled, if we have defiled the temple of God in us, how is it that the Holy Spirit will dwell? How is it that He will be able to communicate to us? Also, in Proverbs twenty-three, twenty-six, King Solomon says, "My son, give me your heart, and let your eyes observe my ways." He saying, "Give me your heart." One very important thing about the Christian life is that it is not it is not the case that we first are completely convinced and understand everything, and then we begin to practice. It is not that we are first convinced and then we begin to practice. It is that we practice and then we become fully convinced. Someone what God is calling us for. He's saying, try me, try this, try this life. If you want to know what it means to have peace, try this life I'm giving you. Try to pray, try to fast, try to partake of the sacraments. Do it and see what happens. Do you think that your life will remain the same? He's saying, no, your life will not remain the same. Give me your heart. And then when you give me your heart, then you will experience something new. There will be a change that happens. There will be a joy that you receive that you did not have before. There will be a solution to your problems that you didn't experience before. This is giving, us, giving our hearts to God. Observe my ways. Follow my commandments. Do what I am telling you, and then you will see the results. You know, when someone is trying like a diet, um, maybe many of us have tried all kinds of various diets. Um, because we want to lose weight. And what you do is, you go see if the diet works. You you, you read about, okay, this people tried this diet, oh yeah, this diet, um, people, a lot of people say good things about it and they lost weight, so I will try it and see. You don't necessarily try to understand the mechanics of everything about the diet, the science behind the diet, the nutrition behind the diet, everything about it to fully understand it, and then once you are convinced of it, then you go and you try. No, maybe we try and then we see, right? In so many things we try and then we see. It is by experience, it is by experience that we know God. That we have to believe in him. We have to have faith in what he says is true. And so he says what protect your senses. Prevent the garbage from entering into you. And when you do this, you will be able to see me clearly. Cleansing our thoughts. Purity is not just based on what we do, but on what we meditate on, what we think. A big part of who we are is what we think and what we allow ourselves to consider in our mind. In Luke 6, 45, the Lord said, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. The the outward actions that we are doing are based on what is on the inside something that is internal to us he's saying whatever is in this treasure of your heart that is what's going to come out that is what is going to come out of you so if we want to control our our actions if we want to 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 stop committing sin if we want to you know cleanse ourselves then what is it that we do we we try to transform our thoughts we change our ideas we change the things that we are meditating on and this will result in a change on the outside also, like children that surrender their will because they are very easy at, 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 at relinquishing their will to someone else. For young children, maybe we tell them we are gonna go to such and such in place, and they say, okay, we'll go. We tell them we're gonna go back and we're gonna go do this. It's like, okay. You know, in so many ways, we are directing children and where is it they should go, and they surrender. Yeah, maybe sometimes they complain or they don't want, but in the end, they follow what it is that we are doing, and what is it that we are saying. Compare that to us as adults, maybe. We find it very difficult sometimes to follow God. When God tells us the direction that he wants us to go, how is it that we respond? In Isaiah 64, it says what? But now, O Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, and you are our potter, and all we are the work of your hand. That is what we are. We are the work of your hand. Imagine that we are this clay, and we are submitting. We are surrendering ourselves. Mold me into what you want me to be. Make me to be what you want me to be. This takes a lot of faith and a lot of submission and humility to tell God, just make me what you want me to be. You know, I am not pushing against you. I am not forcing myself. I am not telling you what I want to be. I'm I'm allowing you to mold me to what you want me to be. Another aspect of having this innocence of young children, the ones who inherit the kingdom of heaven, is being sincere, meaning I do things for, for true motives, for good reasons. I am transparent and honest and simple in what I do. I am not trying to manipulate anyone or to control anyone. Whatever is in my thoughts is in my mouth. The things that I, that I do, I do it simply. I do it without conniving or deception. I do it in a, in a very simple way. Here in, in Isaiah 29, God was complaining toward the people, and he says, these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me. Meaning what, even though we come and we praise God and we, we, we pray and we do these things, but maybe our motives are not untru- un- unclear or untrue. I say or do something from the outside, but inside my motives um, are, are, are somewhere else. Those people who are pure, are, are, are the ones who, whatever is in their thoughts and whatever is in their heart, whatever the things that they speak and whatever the things that they think, they are all one. They, they are simple in that sense. They, they don't have so much complexity in them that they are trying to pretend to be one thing. They are trying to appear righteous. They're trying to appear good. They're trying to appear responsible. No, they are truly responsible. They are truly good. They are truly pure in that sense. So they have sincerity. Another... Qualification for experiencing God, seeing God, those people who are pure, are uh, those who can forgive others. In Ephesians 4, it says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. When we hold on to grudges against other people, we become consumed with anger and hatred resentment and bitterness toward them. And a person who is consumed with this anger and lack of forgiveness cannot hear the voice of God speaking to him, cannot hear that God is trying to make contact, trying to engage with that person, trying to reach them, trying to make them, even trying to bestow upon them virtues, trying to bestow on them peace and joy in their life. No, if if I am fixated on my anger, toward others i will not be able to see god i will not be able to hear his voice i will not experience his peace living in me also not judging others in romans chapter 2 he says and do you think this O man you who judge those uh, practicing such things and doing the same that you will uh, that you will escape the judgment of god he's saying what do you judge people who do the same things that you do if you get upset at someone and judge them because they lost their temper at you well how many times have we lost our temper do you judge someone because they 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 were dishonest with you how many times have we been dishonest this is what the the scripture teaches is that whatever it is that we become angry toward other people about many times we ourselves suffer from that sin or a similar sin or other sins that we ourselves could be judged for those who see God, the pure, are the ones who are able to let go of resentment and bitterness toward another person and say, I forgive you. I forgive you. I am not carrying with me this burden of, 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 of anger or hatred towards you. and It is something that I have completely erased from my heart. It is not something that I carry or a burden that I carry with me. These are the people who see God. The last point is those people who love their enemies. And Luke 6, 32, it says, But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. You know, sometimes we become so uh, proud of ourselves because we love our families, because I did something good for my friends. Well, here Christ is saying, this is not a kind of love that earns you any reward. Even those who are sinners love those who love them. The person who owns, who, who receives reward is the person who is able to love their enemies. The person who is able to go beyond. I am not loving those people who treat me well. I am loving those people who mistreat me. This is a much harder standard to live by, much uh, much more difficult, something that requires the grace of God working in us so that we are able to live this way. This is also a mark of someone who is pure. How easy is it for children, for instance, to forgive? Maybe you do something that, that bothers them and they become upset and they cry, five minutes later they don't even remember what it is that happened and they are treating you like nothing happened again this is the purity of children this is this is why children have no burden that they carry with them in their life because everything for them is simple they don't they don't have a history of wrongs a record of wrongs of everyone that's ever had contact with them in the past they don't always when they see a person, they don't remember, oh, this person treated me this way. This person said this about me. No, it is like every encounter is new. Every encounter is fresh and there is only joy and peace. So in conclusion, the Lord said that we are to be pure. And he said to the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their mind our conscience are defiled. To those people who are pure, Their whole existence is purity. Everything that they see turns into something pure for them. They are undefiled by the world and they are able to hear the the voice of God. They are able to live the Christian life. They have joy and peace in their life in everything that they do. So we spoke about a few points if we want to be pure. The first we said is protect the senses. Don't allow the garbage into ourselves so that we can discern the voice of God and we can smell his sweetness, also to cleanse our thoughts, to remove away from our mind defiling thoughts that then turn into defiling actions, surrendering our will to God, allowing God to dictate for us the path and the direction that we should walk and not we ourselves dictating it to him, being sincere in everything that we do. The words that I say are matching the thoughts that I have. The things that I preach are the same way that I live myself, forgiving others, not holding grudges not being bitter or having hatred toward people not judging others for their sin not imagining myself to be better than them and finally loving my enemies that even those people who mistreat me i do not hold a grudge against them but i serve them and i give them what is it that they need if we are able to live according to this then we will hear the voice of God, we will see God, we will know him, and our lives as well will be edified and we will be in peace. May God grant us that we will be able to live this way and that we will look to the example of children and as he said, unless we convert and become like little children, we cannot enter the kingdom of God and glory be to God forever. Amen.